0: This Irish man stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Dunn. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, As always, I'm on Twitter, at Freedom Disciple. Give me a follow, send me a message, send me a tweet during the show. Tell me what you think, what you... What you agree with, what you disagree with, where where you think I'm wrong, and we can have a debate, and let's uh, let's have a dialogue. First things first, before we get the show started, I've had major um, I.t. issues over the last couple of weeks, so I apologize to anyone who's offended by my lack of response to messages, to comments, to tweets. If you look online, I haven't been very active the last few weeks. It's been very hard to um, fix these issues. I'm hoping by the time you hear this. The vast majority of those issues will be fixed and then be back to business as normal because as you see by the world, it's getting interesting, shall we say. I want to start today's show by talking about what happened yesterday and 9-11. 9-11 is a, is a horrible day to remember it's hard to believe 14 years have passed since that day it's hard to see and believe how much things have changed how far we've come both positively and negatively as a as a country, as a society as people what's possible I've often said that you know, the simple fact is, I probably wouldn't be able to do this show just six or seven years ago. the The technology wouldn't have been good enough. And yet, here I am, an Irish man, sharing his thoughts on podcasts to potentially American people and people all around the world, ever who wants to listen to what I have to say. But I suppose the best thing I want to do is today. I want to share some thoughts on how far we've come, both positively and negatively, about nine eleven. I think everyone has their own 9-11 story. Where they were, what happened. It's kind of like our generations, and probably the generation under 40, you know, your Kennedy moment. Everyone knows of the older generation where they were when Kennedy was shot, where they heard the news, how they heard it. Well, I can tell you exactly where I was when 9-11 happened. And I remember, to this day, the feelings I had. It was a really really tough time. I was working at the time, I was out of school, out of what you call high school. I didn't go to college. Um I was working a full time job. I was working in the banking industry. And back then we didn't have Facebook, you didn't have Twitter. So news wasn't instant. It wasn't, you know, did you see what someone said? Breaking news on Twitter. It's trending. Back in those days, in the old days, 14 years ago, is was old now, you got a lot of stuff by email, so people used to send jokes, and I remember working and I got an email from someone who I didn't know, never had any communications with, of this picture of what was clearly the Twin Towers, with a plane or fire coming out of it, with no comment and I thought it was some type of sick joke and I closed it and I replied saying don't ever send me anything again I thought it was some type of sick joke I wish it was a sick joke I'll never forget as the news filtered through the office I worked in a a big office in the banking industry It was probably about 60 people behind the scenes behind um. all the paperwork and all the administration of all the bank products and as the news filtered through what was actually becoming a reality and I remember leaving my desk and running out into where I used to work and um, there was a mall right beside us and we used to go for lunch there and there was a television shop and as I ran into this mall to where I used to, where I know where I knew I walked up to the, the television store and. Everyone was huddled around watching. I think it was Sky News or some news organization, probably Sky News. Um, and then, as I joined, I watched in horror as one of the towers came down. The grief and the pain is something I could never understand. When you see so many people die in your, you're watching it. And back then, I say technology wasn't what it was, so we were thinking tens of thousands of people. And you're just watching 10,000 people, what we thought was 10,000, probably maybe more, die. It's a feeling that never leaves you. It's a feeling that, of pain, of anguish. Because those 10,000 people, it turned out to be 2,000. But they have their mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, best friends. And they've all lost someone. So the pain is so dramatic. I wanted to start off today's show by doing something that might upset a few people, but... I think it's very important we remember. And we remember the pain of that day. That we remember. How we felt. We remember how. The helplessness. The pain. That was thought. That was felt. And several years ago. It was a big story at the time, but certain messages were released, final words, final thoughts, by people who died on 9 11. And I wanted to just to take a few moments to start this show by just reading out a few, just to remember these people, remember their families, and to pray for them. And one just keeps talking to me when I read this article in the prep for today's show. And I wonder if this gentleman has ever got over the pain of what happened that day. A gentleman called Brian Nunez died on 9-11. He was on floor 104. He was 29 years of age. My God, that's a couple of years younger than me. Had his whole life probably ahead of him. But he was struggling to breathe, and he was trying to ring his brother Neil. But you see, the sad thing is, and I wonder how Neil feels that I can't imagine the pain he must go through. He worked a night shift the night before, and he had just got home, and he was trying to sleep. And Brian was trying to ring him, and he left a message on his brother's phone. And I quote, A plane crashed into the trade centre. It's on fire and I'm in it and I can't breathe. Tell everyone I love them and if I don't get out, goodbye. Can you imagine making that conversation? Making that call? Leaving that message? What would you say? Can you imagine Ben Poor Neil waking up? receiving that message listening to that message thinking if only I had stayed awake I could have talked to my brother one last time I want to read one or two more very quickly to you one is by a dad of three a 45 year old man Kevin Cosgrove he was one of the few people still online to the emergency services as the South Tower collapsed. His call ended abruptly with screams and the sound of debris falling on him. He was speaking to a 911 operator and he said, ''The smoke's really bad.'' And the 911 operator responded, ''Sit tight and we'll get to you as soon as we can.'' He responded by saying, ''I know you've got a lot in the building. But we're up on the top. Smoke rises too. Come on. I can barely breathe now. Can't see. It's really bad. It's black. It's arid. We're young men. Not ready to die. The 911 operator, after a moment, said hello. He responded by saying, hello. There's three of us here. Two broken windows. Oh God, oh. And then there was a sound of rushing of the collapsing building. There are many others I could read to you today. That was by Kevin Cosgrove. Words don't begin to describe the pain and suffering we felt on that day. 9-11 had 2,977 victims. 71 of those were law enforcement. And 343 were firefighters. And 55 were military personnel who died at the Pentagon. Some people ask me, You know, why do you always salute at the end of your show? Why do you always salute the police, the firefighters, emergency personnel, the military? I I never know how to answer that, because I think everyone should salute them in their own way that they can. I just choose to do it in the most public way I know how. And especially in today's environment where they're despised, they're hated. People talk about the cops, pigs in a blanket, fry like bacon. I've never been one to do what's popular. I'll do what I think is right. Whether it's right or wrong, I'll do what I think is right. But a lot of my respect comes from reading the stories about 9 11 because I see today's culture of heroes heroes are people who have a jersey a number on their back a hero is who holds the winning push, or throws the winning touchdown or hits the winning home run in October or who throws the complete game that's who people think are heroes today Society says, oh, well, this guy or girl starred in an action movie and it drew all these people and made all these people feel... and they're heroes. Please. Do you know I want to know what a real hero is in my book? A real hero is someone who risks it all in a selfless act. I'm going to take a break in a, a minute or two. But I would ask you just to think during the break. Now, place yourself on nine eleven, Or if you don't want to do 9-11. Do any other burning building. Would you go into it? Would you run up. Flights upon flights of stairs. To try and rescue someone. Who may or may not be there. That could be dead be dead from the fumes, could be locked away, I'll never find them, and it could be no one there. But you're running into a burning building in the back of your mind knowing I might not I might not survive this. I might not see tomorrow. Tomorrow is a luxury for so many people. How many times In your daily life, do you say you'll do something tomorrow? You leave someone on your, or you phone someone, or I did it this evening when I was talking to my boss. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You say it to your friends. Text you tomorrow. See you tomorrow at the game. See you tomorrow on work. See you at the weekend. We take it all as a luxury. We don't know if we're going to have it tomorrow. The chances are. Pretty good that we will. But when you're a. Law enforcement. A firefighter. Emergency personnel. Or a vet. You're not guaranteed it. And you're at a higher risk. Of not seeing tomorrow. Than any of us. It just takes one bad traffic stop. Which people say today is routine. There is nothing routine about a traffic stop. You don't know whether the person is going to run away from you, is going to have a gun, is, is a violent criminal. There is nothing routine about them. To a firefighter running into his burning building. To an emergency personnel who's going in to save it. God knows what they're going to face. And to vets overseas one bad move for any of these folks and it could mean the end of their lives and someone else's life to me that's a hero to me that's a real hero and that is why this show to ever how many listens even if it's one person listens I will always salute them because they deserve in my opinion my gratitude and I sure as hell I'm going to give it to them. They are heroes. And me saying thank you and saluting them is nothing. They deserve so much more. They sure as hell don't deserve, especially the police, to stand by and have people chant, pigs in a blanket fry like bacon. And we don't have one set of spineless politicians who would stay and actually stand and say... No, that's wrong. That's wrong. And call it out. Except all I hear is silence. All I hear is pandering. And all I hear is, well, you can't say that. That's politically incorrect. Or that's alienating voters. Or if you dare say it, you're racist. No, we need to call out evil. i gotta take a quick break america i hope you'll stick with me because i've got some big things to talk to you about
0: freedom versus freebies this is freedom's disciple with jonathan dunn on the blaze radio network Don't miss The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip.
1: What is the difference between what you're eating now versus what you ate 40 years ago? It's more mass-produced crap that they put in the food so it'll stay on the shelf longer so Unilever and these other companies can make even more money. We have to go back to eating fruits and vegetables in this stuff. And I don't need the federal government under the guise of protecting public health screwing with us on this stuff.
0: The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Thanks for sticking with me, America. I want to finish up talking about the badness, bad part and the horrific events of 9-11. And I would ask you to indulge me for a moment. I'm not a, a big person who plays music, but today is a special event or yesterday was. And any time I think of 9-11. There's one song that always comes to mind. And it's an amazing song. It's beautiful. There's no words. And it's a powerful piece of music. I would ask you to sit back. and For just a couple of moments. And just listen to this piece of music. As I honour. All. The victims of 9-11. Their families, their friends, their communities who lost their loved ones. And we honour our police, our firefighters, emergency personnel who died that day. And as you're listening to this song, I want to leave you with a couple of words. They're written on a message on the last column and I think it sums up how I feel you ran into hell now you walk with angels may God keep you safe we thank you all till we meet again Godspeed I hope you'll enjoy this piece of music don't know about you, but that song gets me every time. Nine Eleven was an incredibly, incredibly sad day. But there is always light. There's always hope. And even in the darkest, darkest night, there's a ray of sunshine, a ray of light. Nine Eleven had showed a ray of light. It showed the America that I love. An America that in today's world I kind of yearn for. It reminded me of when I saw the pictures, the video coverage. We didn't care about race. We didn't care about who was black or who was white or who was yellow or who was the colour of the rainbow. We weren't divided on sexuality, on our thoughts on gay marriage, on our thoughts on abortion. We weren't divided by our political party. Oh, you're a conservative, I hate you. Okay. I saw America united. I saw an America. That was grieving together. That consoled each other. I remember the pictures around New York the day after September 12th. People just hanging around. Lighting candles. Looking for friends and family who were missing. And everyone just hugging each other and consoling each other. You weren't broken into Classes, income levels, education, gender. It was great. You weren't broken into thousands different pieces. You didn't have rallies. You didn't stamp on flags. In fact, something cool. Sorry if that offends you, but something nice happened you started putting out the American flag you had that prou- pride that proudness to be American again you stood for something you wanted to be a great country I look back on 9-11 and I see how far you've come all the hate that's there today And I also remember one thing that I highly doubt. In fact, I'll go out on a limb and say, it would not happen today. Do you know what Congress did? Not planned, not orchestrated, as far as I can find out anyway. On the night of 9-11. Who cares what Congress thinks? Well, I thought this was amazing remember watching the video do you remember what congress did the night of September 11th they gave a quick press conference the, on the capitol steps you were united republican and democrat they spoke gave a few quick words and what happened next? They started singing God Bless America. In 14 short years, I've witnessed the country I love become more divided, more filled with hate. God is bland. And even if He wasn't bland, I don't think you'd be allowed to say God Bless America. You're now looking to remove in God we trust from your currency. And you're seeking to destroy yourselves. I don't know what else to say, but I know you can change. I still believe in you. What makes America great is your people. 9 11 was a horrific moment collectively for your people, for your country. And you responded the way you have responded every other time in a great and compassionate way. 9 11 was a turning point for America, but also for the rest of the world. We need another turning point, but we need a turning point for greatness. We're on a path to destruction. When I say we, I mean the world. I'm thinking about 9-11 today. I've thought about it all week. What I'm going to say. If I'm going to say anything. And I wanted to share these thoughts with you for one reason and one reason only. Because I wanted to pay homage and salute the victims. Salute your people. But I also wanted to remind... You, how quickly you have changed because for the rest of this show I want to talk about something I'm not going to say I fear but I'm very uneasy about and I'm livid that no one is talking about or so few are talking about in the world media you can say what you like or have your opinion of what you like I'm not here to discuss merits or argue for or against George W. Bush but at least he did one thing he stood up to the enemy he called the enemy out I look at us today in the, as the world and we refuse to even say words like Islamic it's not a problem with Islam We don't identify the enemy. We pussyfoot around it. We're weak. We're ignorant. We don't stand up to the enemy. And in the irony of all ironies, on September 11th, 2015, just 14 short years from the most horrific attack On your country since Pearl Harbour. Your Congress. Voted. To give 150 billion dollars to Iran. Voted to let Iran. Inspect its own nuclear programs. Allowed Iran to get nuclear weapons. Is helping. Is funding. The Ayatollah. Who not only says death to the big Satan, but also to the little Satan. Fourteen short years ago, your Congress said, God bless America. Now your Congress is weak, is spineless, is timid. is full of BS and baloney. Who wants to go fund terrorism. Is that the country you want? I'm gonna take one more quick break, America. Hope you'll stick with me.
0: You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Just because I wa- I believe you should come into my country legally doesn't make me a racist. Just because I believe that we are a country of laws that should stand on those laws doesn't make me a racist. It doesn't make me a hateful person. And I will say it to anyone in the political class, whether they be Democrat or Republican, I will have words with anyone who says differently. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on The Blaze Radio Network. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn,
1: On Demand. Thanks so much for sticking with me, America. I want to spend the rest of this show talking about foreign policy and the situation the world finds itself in today. And I'm going to focus mainly on the the Iranian deal. But I'm also going to bring in ISIS because it's kind of the same problem. But before I get to that, I want to take a step back, because there's something I want to talk to you about that I think is very important to lead up to the deal on Iran and ISIS. One of my favorite quotes, and it changed the way I thought about my faith, it changed the way I think today, and I want to share it with you, I mean, it's by when you're One of your greatest presidents of all time, Abraham Lincoln. And it was an exchange during the Civil War, but his quote was, Sir, I concern myself not about God being on my side. I concern myself about me being on God's side, for God is always right. I would ask you to take some time out this weekend to reflect on that quote and to look at your life and to look at your prayers to see what you ask for the reason it made reflected on it made me think and made me change the way I think was because when we're in our day to day grind with our lives we always pray for what we want we pray for what we think we need but we never seem to stop or I didn't to say was you know what I what am I praying for is it in God's interest or is it something God would do or is it something God would care about? For those who listen to the Blaze, you're hearing a lot of a lot of powerful stuff from Glenn Beck on this deal. I think he's absolutely right. I believe the lines have been drawn. We need to stop concerning ourselves with what we think is right. We need to start concerning ourselves with what God thinks is right. I believe we need to make a stand. I started this a couple of weeks ago for my show. I'm not talking politics anymore. I'm going to start talking principles and issues and break them down and give solutions, not for, for people, not for politicians. My solutions aren't going to be, well, go vote for this person in this district or this party or get this person in the White House. My solutions that I'm going to offer over a period of time are going to be about you and what you can do, how you can change, how you can change others, how you can play the role the pulpit played at your founding. I might come up with no solutions, people might think they're crap, but I'm going to try my best. Because the choices today are very clear. The choice we have is described in many different ways man's law versus God's law, liberty versus tyranny, or what's popular versus what's right. We no longer focus on doing what's right, it's only what's popular. I love listening to politicians—Ireland, England, America, the UN. I don't watch them anymore. I can't stomach them. It makes me sick. But I would read the transcripts. I love politicians who say, "Well, if America doesn't agree to this Iran deal, you know, the world will be will isolate America." And that's some type of reason for America to go along with this deal. So you get isolated, that's the reason you go along with it. Do you think God approves of that? Do you think when you get up to them pearly gates and you say, Well, the reason I did that was because people said they'd isolate me, God. You know, and I couldn't be isolated. Do you think he's going to buy that excuse? Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he will. I spoke last week, I think it was, about how... We live in a world with so much technology, ignorance is no longer an excuse. It isn't. The battle lines have been drawn. And you have to put your name on what side you want to stand for. I want to stand for the side that is right, the side for principles, not what's popular. Not what makes you feel good, but what's right. I want to stand for the side, for the country I used to love and do love, the country that used to exist, the country that was a beacon of light, was a leader for the rest of the world. I long for the country that would have said, Well, if you don't do this deal, America, you're going to be isolated. Well, then the hell we'll be isolated. We're going to do what is right. I long for the country. That said. Israel is our ally. Israel is the beacon of light in the Middle East. And we will stand side by side with it. I long for the country. That used to have the catchphrase. We don't negotiate with terrorists. The battle lines have been drawn. I hate to break this to you, but there is no sitting on the sidelines for this. As the old say goes, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. There is no sitting on the sideline or seeing how this plays out or you know, jumping on the winning case at the end. How we act will define our futures on this world and in the next. I stand for peace. But I ain't standing for peace at any cost. That's appeasement. The appeasement has a history of showing that when you appease someone, they just keep going taking more and taking more and taking more and eventually the final ultimatum comes and what then then do you make a stand when you give up time after time after time after time after time all of a sudden there's this line this red line that all of a sudden magically appears and then you just stand when you have a history of giving up what happens when they pass that red line you give up yet again you keep ceding territory I've had enough. I'm seeding no more. It's time for us to make a stand. Actually, I need to stop saying that. I need to, I need to stop saying we. It's I. I need to make a stand. This deal in Iran is troubling for many reasons. Just. Focus on the principle for a minute. Imagine I said to you. Do you think this is a good idea? There are members who you have elected. To Congress. Who have not got the full language of the bill. Have been told. You're irrelevant. But yet you've been asked to vote on it anyway. You haven't seen the full draft. Do you think that's a good principle? Do you think sound legislation comes from that setup? Is there any way that you can paint a picture that says that's going to be a positive end and a positive outcome? I can see that ending well. Or do you see a disaster? I see a disaster. And the problem is, thousands of innocent people are going to die. And we are doing nothing about it. Not only are we doing nothing about it, but the things we are doing are so screwed up. The other day, I nearly lost my mind. My mother told me. I've been having IT problems all week for the last couple of weeks. So I'm mellow the loop on what people are saying live. I get messages on an iPad, which is not the easiest to read. But the Irish Taoiseach, the Prime Minister, so to speak, spoke the other day about ISIS. Do you know what his concern was about ISIS? It's like what you're experiencing in your media now, the New York Times and all these, these great liberal papers who all of a sudden are fascinated by ISIS and are talking about ISIS and seeing it as a problem we're no longer talking about well you know ISIS kill people ISIS behead people ISIS release these videos barbaric new ways of killing and torturing people nah we don't say anything about that we're silent but yet we're supposed to care about monuments the Irish Prime Minister the Taoiseach Kenny, said Yeah, ISIS want to blow up the Rock of Cashel and Newgrange. Apparently they'd find that offensive. Let me be brutally honest. If all ISIS wanted to do was blow up monuments. I would actually take that right now. Pieces of rock. Okay, fair enough. Blow them up. You think I'm going to cry over a piece of rock? Or a building? Do you think I'm going to get upset by that? We are so screwed up as a world. The lines have been drawn. You can care about nothing. You can care about monuments and rocks and castles and churches, buildings. It's, it's sad, don't get me wrong. The history that's been wiped out of the Middle East is horrific. It's sad. It should be stopped. Here's the thing. If you put, in one hand, blowing up a building or a monument or something man-made, and in the other hand, I have a group that is releasing videos of people in yellow suits been beheaded blown up drowned set on fire where they are raping nuns women children as young as four they're selling them they're marking buildings of Christians with the Nazarene symbol and saying you're for death If the two of them are going on, I'm spending 100% more concerned about the people. The victims. I don't care about a man-made building. We need to get our priorities straight. The lines have been drawn. I'm going to stand. And to be brutally honest, if for no other reason... Than to s- keep any chance I have. At the next life. Possible. When it's all said and done and the book is written. The big book in the history of the world. I want the very small line that is written about me to say I stood. And I stood against this Iran deal. I called Iran a terrorist Land, and regime that I stood with Israel I stood with God's country I stood with the Jewish people and that I stood for freedom the lines have been drawn what side do you stand on what side do you stand on that is the question you have to ask yourself there is no easy out here there is no easy street anymore for the rest of the world we have major issues to deal with to quote Mark Levin's book it's liberty versus tyranny choose there is no moderate position no centrist position no what's popular it's liberty or tyranny you have three options. You stand for liberty. And yes you might lose. But you might just win. I look at history. I've spoken to you about your history. This revisionist history that people look back on the challenges of your history. That says "Uh, it might not have been so hard. You read any account... Any account of the Revolutionary War. And you show me a paragraph or a story that says, yeah, that was easy. Because I've never read one. I don't remember reading about the up, building up to the Battle of Trenton. Forget the battles, just the, the, the winter. The weather, the lack of clothing, the lack of supplies. There was nothing easy about that. You think it was easy going to the moon? All the failing time and time again. There was nothing easy about it. You think the civil war was easy? Family pitted member against each other? Member versus member? I have yet to read an account of any of those events that said it was easy. Or it was popular. But I have read accounts that said... I gotta stand I gotta stand for what I know is right in my gut in my heart and in my soul they are the accounts I've read I beg you I'm down on my knees begging you please pick a side because the other two options are tyranny or not caring which leads to tyranny the choices are yours be inspired by the great men of your past and become a better country a better person a better community a better church the only good thing and positive thing about the world today is I don't see how how possibly it could get much worse the only way is up the only way is better Start being part of the change. Because if not you, who? If not now, when? What has to happen for you to get involved? The lines have been drawn, America. The lines are drawn. i got to take one more quick break, America. I'll be right back. I hope you'll stick with me.
0: This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stu. They're trying to figure out if she goes to jail. I've got to read that. I read about that because I Where hope that do case was over. Where they put him slash her? Well, first of all. Kate's not going to jail. Uh, Bruce is not going to jail. uh, They're not going to put Bruce Kate in jail. uh, Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Oh my gosh. No way. Pat and Stu. Weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. As always, I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple. If you have a problem with anything i said, want to offer a comment, follow me, send me a tweet, send me a message at Freedom Disciple. I follow everyone back. I love engaging with people. I say I've, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, my IT problems will be 100% fixed and be back engaging with people and more active on social media I've only a few minutes left in today's show and I want to offer a few final thoughts really is the hour is late and I'm begging you to make a true choice I hope you stand don't stand with me don't stand with anyone else Stand for what is right. For what you believe in. Fight the cause that you're most passionate about. Get involved. If America has proved one thing, it's proved one person can change the world. America has proved in 200 short years that if you believe in freedom and you have a message, you can change the world there is a reason people all around the world know I have a dream how many people would know if the speech was I have a plan or I have an idea the world knows I have a dream I know your people can be great I know your people are great there are many many millions of you out there who are making a stand doing what is right my two final thoughts this evening are both based around scripture and for anyone that offends I apologise but it's time to talk principles And I can't find a better place to talk principles than the Bible. And it's a thought for you to think about over the weekend. When Jesus was talking to his disciples. He was telling them what to do and where to go. He said share the good news. Why did he say share the good news? He could have easily said, go share my commandments with everyone, my ten commandments, go share them with the world. He didn't. And I want to share with you why I think why, and why I think I'm inspired to change the message I'm putting out there. It's easy to share rules, regulations. It's easy to share what you should be. But I believe he said share the good news because there's hope. There's love. There's inspiration in the good news. When I say I'm going to start sharing the good news, I don't always mean the Bible. Sure, I'll talk about the Bible in my faith. But I'm going to start sharing the good news of freedom. Apart from the Bible, I don't know a more powerful message than freedom. I really don't. A message that says, you can do anything you want. You can be anything you want. What more powerful message is there out there that says, the only limit you have in life is the one you set yourself That message is for everyone. It's not for the upper class or the rich or the poor. For the blacks or the whites. The Hispanics. The highly educated, the lower educated. That's for everyone. There is no limit. There is no glass ceiling. You have an idea. Go do it. Change the world. That's creating a fancy new computer or creating a new cure, a medical cure or... I don't know new transportation driverless cars whatever it is go do it there is no reason why you can't share the good news it's time to stop telling everyone what we're, what we're against and what tell start telling people what we're for start sharing the principles and start doing it not in a Hey, I'm for freedom, vote Republican. Or I'm for freedom, vote Trump. Or vote Cruz. Or vote... Ever who. Just tell people what you're for. And then let people make up their own mind. It's time to share the good news. Because I firmly believe love wins in the end. Freedom wins in the end. I firmly believe that. But what I will testify to you is God wins in the end. I'm not worried anymore about whether am whether God's on my side, I'm worried about whether I'm on God's side. And the second last thought of the day is I'm gonna read from scripture. Matthew chapter five, fourteen. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp puts it under the bushel basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father in heaven. America Screw what the rest of the world says. Screw what politicians have to say. It's time not to be popular, it's time to do what's right. You wear that beacon of light and hope for the rest of the world. You wear a leader. But you also wear a city built on a hill. That can't be hid. That shining city wasn't built by politicians. It was built by your people. It's time to take the light out from under the bushel, under the bed. And put it on the lampstand for all to see. Whether that's individually in your own life and the stand you make. Or as a collective as a country. It's time to stand for freedom. It's time to stand for love and it's time to stand for God you have all the answers that you need today there's not one problem facing America and you have lots of problems but there is not one problem that you don't have the solution to you may not like the solution you may have doubts in the solution but there is not one problem that you can't fix I beg you Take the light out from under the bed and put it on the lampstand for all the world to see. Be the leader. Believe in freedom. Believe in the individual. Stand for the little guy. Stand with your allies. Stand and be counted. Don't negotiate with terrorists. Don't support... A regime who will kill thousands upon thousands of people if it gets its chance. And bear in mind, this isn't just a regime that will will target people I love like my Jewish brothers and sisters in Israel. Or potentially my American brothers and sisters in America. If the opportunity struck and it was convenient, these people would strike their own people. time is to stand share your light be the leader be the leader I know you can be please the hour is late and the world needs you and I will do everything I can everything in my power to testify to God's greatness and to your greatness Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope the show has given you something to think about. Something to act upon. As always, I salute your firefighters, your police, your emergency personnel, and your vets. And today, because of the day that was in it yesterday, I pray and I salute... The 2,977 victims of 9-11 14 years ago. I pray for your families and your friends and your communities. May God bless each and every one of you. And God bless the United States of America.
0: This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on The Blaze Radio Network.